Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jim Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season on the podcast, we're pausing to remember and reflect. Remember the key people and events in the good and hard seasons of life and reflect on God's provision, goodness, and grace. We learn from old and new friends, even some that are no longer living, about God's unchanging nature through it all. Today on the podcast, we're chatting with Eliza Ladda, who is part of the Change Conference team at YFC. She's also doing a church plant right now. She's an author and an artist. She does a lot of really amazing things, and we have an amazing conversation about God's faithfulness in her life. So eat a tub of ice cream, go to the beach, do whatever you need to do, and enjoy today's episode. Thank you so much for Eliza and your faithfulness and healing um, in her life. And I just pray for this time that we have that this conversation would be above all glorifying to you. Mm-hmm. I pray for the people who are going to listen to this, God, that you would encourage them and challenge them. And by hearing Eliza's stories, that they would see more of your character and who you are. Mm. So I just pray your hand a blessing over Eliza. And over us today, that, yeah, this would be what you want it to be. We don't want our own names to be known. We want you to be made known. Mm -hmm. So I just pray for your peace. I pray for clarity of thought. I pray for, yeah, just any attacks and lies from the enemy enemy, um, that your truth would stand here in this space. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for the gift it is to do this and um, to serve in your kingdom and for your family. We are so thankful for you, God. We love you. Amen. Mm. Amen. Amen. Well, Eliza, here's your official welcome to the Work Friends podcast. And it's perfect because now, as in like the last in the last year or whatever it was that you started at Change, you're officially an actual work friend too, which is extra fun. <laughs> Yay! I know. I can't wait. This is awesome. Yes. It's kind of fun to see everybody kind of come together in full circle. And I mean, yeah, Jen doesn't know you, but... Yeah, it feels funny to go from like when I was like 17 and you were this girl I followed on Instagram and lettering and then I showed up at camp for the summer and I was like, wait, this girl exists in real life. Uh, the fun thing so yeah oh I know the world is small and now you're all grown up and more mature than me so (laughs) I don't know about that but uh well we can say that it's all good (laughs) so when we have people on the podcast the first time we love to just do some fun facts and uh just some little get to know you questions to give people a picture of who you are so uh we'll just go through some of those and give people just uh, a little taste of Eliza if you will um so first off where did you grow up oh I grew up in Dundas Ontario which is actually really cool because now I'm planting a church in Dundas which is wild I know God is so cool because I grew up there for 17 years and now I'm I'm not living there now but like I go so often that it sort of feels like I've returned right yeah totally Dundas is great I used to call it fun desk because it was not fun. It was not fun. It was, there was nothing to do, but I'm like, I'm going to call it fun desk. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what is your ideal day? Oh my gosh. Oh, it's so hard. I feel like there's just, you could go so many ways. Okay. So I feel like I would sleep in for sure. Do not like an alarm. 
Um, but I like <laughs> love spending, and I know this is such a Christian answer, but I genuinely like love spending my mornings with Jesus. They feel like so sweet to me, and I love like having a really slow morning hanging out with him, but then I need to be with people like immediately. It's like, okay, I will be alone with you, and then I need to now immediately be with somebody else. Um, and so I would go hang out with someone, probably like go go-karting, because I think go-karting <laughs> is so much fun. Yes. <laughs> uh, I would go out for dinner and get Thai food, because I absolutely love Thai food. And then I feel like I'd want to like go see fireworks mm. or something really fun. Yeah. It'd be a good day. Mm. Let me see if I can figure out how to do that this summer. <laughs> <laughs> make a plan, make it happen. Yeah, make Have a plan. you ever been, is it luging, Jen? Yeah. Well, it's like not legit luging, but like if you search luging canada i think there's actually a place in korea to do it but it's like downhill go-karting basically there's like this is like in the olympics right luging is in the olympics this is not not the same thing not not quite that intense okay good (laughs) there's like a place in quebec there's a place in calgary i think there's one in like korea somewhere but yeah it is so much fun ainsley and i went with our friend abby when we went on our little road trip to quebec and yeah is it on ice it's on no, ice. no, oh, it's, it's on That's like the a one. yes, yeah, okay. yeah. This is a little <laughs> yeah, it, low key. It's a little more low key, but it's it's like a downhill like track thing that you go on, and you're in oh, these little things. So if you like go karting, you would probably enjoy I it. Love so I think they might even have I like one speed. at Blue Mountain. So <gasps> oh, I'm gonna have to look it yeah. up. Maybe mm-hmm. that will become my more ideal day. <laughs> <laughs> Losing. Oh, <that's> <laughs> It sounds so pro. It's like on my day, I would go losing. <laughs> yeah. My parents went to Australia a few years ago and they were like messaging my siblings and I. They're like, today we went losing. I'm like, fat chance. <laughs> like, uh-uh. And then they showed us what they actually did. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes a little more sense. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, if you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who mm-hmm. would they be? Oh my goodness. Okay. I think I would choose Henry Nowen. I just, I'm pretty convinced he's an Enneagram four, just based on all the things that I've read. Like who, who goes to his, his book, The Return of the Prodigal Son is literally about him, like sitting in an art gallery in front of a painting and like wrote a book about it. I'm like, that is such an Enneagram four thing to do. I would know that. I am a true four. So I would totally talk to him. I also think that I would like to get dinner with like Mary Magdalene. Mm. I just think Mm. she's so cool. And then I don't know, like my sister, which is so boring because she lives two minutes down the road, but I love having dinner with her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Where would you say is the best place you've been to? Okay. I went to Iceland last September and oh my gosh, it was so amazing. And I am not like by any stretch of the imagination, an outdoors woman. Like, let's just be clear. I have gone camping once in my life for one <laughs> night in a tent. And I was like, why Why do people do this? Um, so going to Iceland, I was a little apprehensive because I'm like, I think you have to climb a mountain. Like, I think there are things that you have to do and you have to like buy hiking boots. Oh my gosh, it was the coolest experience of my entire life. And really cool. I had been praying for a month leading up to it, like asking Jesus if I could see the Northern Lights. And every night that we were there, it was cloudy and it needs to be like clear in order to see it. And honestly, there were so many cool things. So I'm like, okay, whatever, God, it's fine. I've seen amazing things. And then the one night, it was the only clear night and I walked outside and I saw the Northern Lights and I just started immediately crying. And I was like, you're so nice to me. (laughs) So it was beautiful. But also I think anytime I have like a spiritual experience somewhere, it just heightens 
like, wow, I just had an encounter with God in Iceland. Mm. It was so cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, beautiful. I would love to go there one day. We'll see how that happens. Put it on your list. It's amazing. That's what I hear. And also, it took me more time to get to British Columbia than it took to get to Iceland. Yes. So yes. really, it's not that far. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, what? Like a four or five hour flight? Yeah, it's five hours. And yeah. I think it took, it took like five and a half or six to get to like wherever like wherever I was in. I can't remember where I was in BC last year. But yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Hmm. Can- Canada is very big. <laughs> yeah. I think we forget that. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's awesome. Um, if you had a parallel life, so it's kind of like if you weren't doing what you were doing, mm. but you don't have to actually like throw away the things you love. You still get to like okay. fulfill these things, <laughs> but you get to have like a second parallel life. What would you want it to look Ooh. like? Okay. I always wanted to be a midwife, except that I don't no math or chemistry or science or anything health related. So it just seemed like a really bad career choice for me because <laughs> I, I can't do it. But I just thought it would be really cool. And I like, guys, I, and maybe someone who's listening will allow me to do this. I've been trying to find someone who will let me be in their birthing room. Like I'm like trying to convince people. It's like, hi, you don't know me, but can I come see you have a baby? <laughs> and no one, no one, surprisingly, no one has told me yes. So far, but I just think it would be so cool. And I'm like, oh, I could have been a midwife. And honestly, I would have been really bad at it. But in a parallel life, if I could just magically understand chemistry, <laughs> do you need to know chemistry? I don't even know. I don't even know what you need to know. I just think it would be really cool. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you're hearing it here. If you're having a baby and want Eliza when you're giving birth, (laughs) reach out. This is a hard pass. Absolutely not. Well, I was trying to convince my sister and she had always told me, she was like, okay, on my third, like my third kid, you can come into the birthing room. So I was so pumped. Little did I know that she only ever decided to have two. So it was like, (laughs) she tricked me. I was chipped. I was like, wait, you promised. She's like, yeah, but I was actually never going to have three children. I'm like, okay, that was tricky. (laughs) That's hilarious. Well, aside from those fun facts, I'll just give you the floor to just tell us a bit about yourself, what you do, who you are, what makes Mm. Eliza, Eliza. Oh my goodness. So I am, Ainsley, this is so fun because I've known you for a few years now. So it feels like, oh, this is just so nice to catch up. (laughs) But I, um, my name's Eliza. I work for Change Conference um, under YFC and the YFC fam, which is awesome. I have been a part of Change Conference for a long, long time, but I was only recently hired officially in I think November. I actually can't remember. Mm. Um, And so I create all of the content when it comes to Change Conference, which is super fun. And I'm also planting a church in Dundas, like I mentioned. So life is weird. And honestly, girls, I, if you had told me like last year at this time that I would be in ministry, I would have said, absolutely not. I never wanted to be in ministry. I wanted to like be a New York Times bestselling author that God has like helped me work through and been like, okay, we're going to set aside some of those dreams. Um, and, and then I was like in school for journalism and I worked at CBC news for three years. I was working my way up the corporate ladder. And so it's so cool to see when you follow Jesus, just the adventure he takes you on, which I love because life is not boring. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I'm spending my days, um, right now is church planting and creating content for change conference. Fun. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, uh, just to kind of give us a little bit of a background about, you know, kind of where you're coming from, uh, what was kind of your upbringing and growing up like for you? 
I grew up in a Christian home, which I'm really, really thankful for. Um, my dad was, this is kind of partly why I didn't want to be in ministry, and maybe some other people can relate to that, is when your parents are in ministry, there's, at least in my little rebellious heart, I was like, Mm-mm, I'm not doing this. I'm mm. going to figure out my own path. I'm going to forge my own way. Um, and yeah, so we grew up, like my parents raised support my whole life. And so... Um, truly when I joined YFC, I was laughing my head off because I'm like, I never, ever, 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 ever wanted to (laughs) fundraise Mm. and have partnership support. Um, And God is just, sometimes I think when you say these things out loud, God is like, oh, well, this is going to be so fun. We're going to just wait 10 years, Eliza, and just wait till (laughs) you see the the, the plans that I have in store for you. So I grew up, um, yeah, we were always in ministry and all of that stuff. My dad actually started Change Conference. So Mm. um, it was like just kind of part of the family. Um, but I didn't have, um, like my own faith didn't become real to me until I was about 10 years old. Um, and I was at summer camp and summer camp just has such a, you know, soft spot in my heart because it was at campfire one night when I decided like, I want to follow Jesus and I want to give my life to Jesus. And so I was 10 years old, but when I was 18, I went to Rwanda, Africa for two months. Um, I just like heard, all these stories about Africa and I really felt like I wanted to go. And so I did, um, some work there and it was amazing. And honestly, like God formed me more than I did any help there. It was very much like an experience of Jesus working in me. And that was the first time in my life where I really felt like Jesus was my companion. Mm. And that became like really special to me. And I remember just being there. I had gone alone. Like I was working with um, an organization, but I really was, I had gone there. It was my first time on a flight was like going to Rwanda and I just hadn't ever done anything like that before. And so I had to, you know, really understand like, oh, I am not alone. (laughs) This is like the first time in my life where I felt alone. And, um, Mm -hmm. and then Jesus was just so sweet to remind me like, no, Eliza, like I am with you. And so I genuinely felt like, I could feel his presence with me tangibly. Um, And so that's kind of where I came from. And then, you know, just over, I'm 27, almost 28 years old. And I genuinely can say that every single year, Jesus has just drawn me closer to him, which is really amazing. And I'm so thankful for that. Mm. (laughs) Mm. That's so interesting. I, um, we recently chatted with Karen Bott, who is talking about Mm. Corey Ten Boom's life. And Mm. Corey talks about, um, the, I'm going to butcher it here, but basically like God uses our past, uh, our past mm-hmm. is our best training ground for what God has prepared for us to do in the future, something along that line. Wow. So how have you seen that wow. in your life? Like from the time that you were 10 to when you went to Africa to now working at change conference and not mm-hmm. expecting to raise your support? <laughs> like, yeah. How do you see that in your own life? Oh my goodness. I just think that, <sighs> Like, I think it's so easy for us to want to plan. I was reading even this morning in this um, workbook I'm working through about how God is sovereign, which is just a concept that I do not, does not come naturally to me. Mm. God being sovereign, I'm like, "Ah, I think like, I think I'm the one who's going to make things happen. Like, I think I'm the Mm. one who's going to figure out how to control some things. And so honestly, I have just seen the more that I surrender and the, the, the deeper that my trust in Jesus grows, the more I think I have like the eyes to see how he has been moving in every single part of my life. And so Mm. there's a lot of parts of my life that I really wish, or maybe I used to wish that I could trade. Like, I think that that when we have like these pain points and these really, really hard things, it's easy for people 
to say these, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but like almost these cliches mm-hmm. of like, but God is you. And don't worry, this is like, you know, good soil for Jesus to work through. And I actually don't disagree with that. Sometimes I think maybe they're not the most appropriate times to say those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I have learned like almost to kind of hold intention my hard parts of my story with Jesus's goodness and knowing like, oh, this hard thing didn't happen so that I could learn. This hard thing happened in my life because we live in a really hard, broken world. And Mm. Jesus is so kind to me and so good to me that he takes all of these pieces and he actually can create something really beautiful out of it. One of the things that um, even last week, so I've been like praying through um, lies that I feel like I've been believing for a long time and trying to like, okay, how do I replace these lies with truth? And so one of the pictures that I had last week, I don't know if you guys feel this way when Jesus speaks to you, but sometimes when God speaks to me, he gives me like a picture in my head. And so I went on a prayer walk last week and I was just kind of walking and, and working through some things. And I felt like Jesus gave me this picture of any lie that I believed like starting from like when I was a kid to then sometimes you believe a lie when you're a kid and then like other people almost speak into it. And it's like, oh, this almost feels like it's proving that that lie is right. Mm. And I don't know if you feel that way, but that's, I can kind of trace these lies in my life and be like, oh, this happened. But then this person said this, which gave me evidence to think that lie must be true. Mm. So I felt like I got this picture of um, me believing a lie was almost like concrete being poured on my heart, like wet cement being poured on my heart. Mm. And then anytime, I believed it or anytime somebody said something or did something, it almost solidified the concrete Mm. more. And so I felt like I got this picture of like over time, my heart became so hardened (laughs) because I literally felt, okay, literally, I metaphorically, (laughs) guys, I say literally, (laughs) I did not literally have concrete in my I would be dead. (laughs) Metaphorically had like this concrete like on my heart. And then I just got this picture of Jesus coming with a jackhammer and like, and just, you know, taking it off. And and when I was praying through this and and thinking about this, I'm like, oh my gosh, no wonder my healing hurts so badly. It was Mm. literally like somebody taking concrete off of my heart, but he took all the pieces off and has been able to now mold them into something really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so I have learned to answer your question in a very roundabout way, Jen. I have just been learning that nothing is ever wasted with Jesus ever, ever, ever. And I Mm -hmm. think it will be. And then it's like, oh no, he's used that. And he's like creating this mosaic that I truly never would have seen or thought of. Mm -hmm. Um, He's just so good at that. Wow. That's, uh, wow. What a great, a great picture. And yeah, it's kind of interesting because I actually, I just told Jen last week, I was like struggling with some, um, I don't know if bitterness is the right word, but kind of bitterness. And I like made my lock screen, like I will take your heart of stone and make it a heart mm-hmm. of flesh and just that like God, like continue to soften. Um, oh but you're right. Yes. It's so hard sometimes to actually go through that. So, wow. Like, thank you for, um, giving that great picture. And, uh, here's the question that you were, I mean, maybe not quite sure exactly how to go through in Jen's deep questions. And, uh, what are three (laughs) of the most forming experiences Mm. that you've had? Mm-hmm. Or just three for me experiences. I feel like we could take the most. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of forming experiences. Um, I would say that when I was 22 years old, I started dating this guy and um, it was a really hard relationship for me. Mm. A lot of hard things, really, really a lot of things happened. And um, I, yeah, I just had to walk through a lot. And I think that a lot of those lies were really um, 
pushed in quite deeply in my heart in that time. And I think when you are dating somebody and you really think that they like you and there's all these feelings and it's vulnerable and all of this stuff happens, it's um, a little bit harder to get those lies out because it's Mm. like, wow, this person that, you know, I really trusted hurt me. And so for years, I really, really struggled with, um, yeah, like not feeling like I was enough or on the flip side, feeling like I was too much. Like I was always told as a kid, you're so dramatic. And I was like, I really, really was. So there was a lot of merit to that (laughs) being said to me. But I think over time when, when hard things happen to me, especially in the context of a relationship, those lies of like, you're being too dramatic. I'm like, oh, no one's going to believe me if I tell them what happened because people Mm. will think I was being too dramatic. And so Jesus has really had to again, like jackhammer that and be like, no, 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 Eliza, I actually created you with vibrancy and character and like you have life in you. And I didn't believe that for a long time because mm. I felt like I needed to tamp down all of this. <laughs> it was mm. too much. Um, so that has been hugely forming. And, and I just think that most of the time a hard experience is rarely isolated. I think a lot of it is just connected mm. with other maybe painful things. And so, um, uh, Ainsley, you know this, but when um, we have a mutual friend and our friend Tat, she uh, we met at camp. We all you met her through Circle Square Ranch, yes, right? Yes, I Ainsley? did. And so, um, yeah, when our dear friend she passed away almost four years ago in a car accident, mm-hmm. that was um, devastating to me. Really, really devastating. And after she passed away. All of this stuff that I'd been pushing down from this past relationship came up and it just felt like I I can't do this. Like I have there's too much grief in my heart. There's too much pain and I I literally can't do this. And so Jesus really really took me on a journey of healing. And I remember um this one morning I decided I needed to go to counseling and talk about it. This was actually my second time going to counseling. I had gone once before, but I hadn't exactly been truthful. Let's just for one second make just an announcement. If you are going to pay for counseling, just be tr- truthful. <laughs> I'm just like shelling out money and I'm like, ha, 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 I'm not even telling you what's happening in my heart. It's like, okay, Eliza, come on. Um, so I was going to go back to counseling and talk about what happened with my um, relationship in Tat. And um, I remember having this moment in the morning before I went and I was just telling God, like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to tell the truth. It's too scary. I'm feeling a lot more to go back to this cement heart. It felt like my defense system. If I keep my heart hard, I feel like I'm protected. I feel like mm. I am like I can defend myself with this. It's too scary to have a heart of flesh. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. too scary to have a soft heart. Um, and so I was kind of explaining this to God and Jesus just gave me this really beautiful picture again. And and in this picture, I was standing in this prison cell um, and the prison cell was open, but I was like in darkness and Jesus just stood across from me and he was just bathed in light and he had his hand reaching out to me. And he just said to me, Eliza, like step into the light with me. And so when I think about healing, Mm. I'm like, I can choose to stay in this prison cell of shame and pain and darkness, or I can choose to take the really hard step into the light with Jesus. And so truly like most days I have to make a decision. Like, am I going to believe the lies? Am I going to stay in shame? Am I going to stay where it feels comfortable? Am I going to choose to step into the light and heal? And healing is really painful. We talked about that. Like, I think we think healing is it is beautiful, but it's also really hard. It's incredibly painful. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
yeah, I would say those are two forming experiences. And then the other one would be, um, I, I think on a, on a positive side is just this last year of like coming to trust Jesus there. I, for, I left my job at CBC news and I had absolutely no idea what I was going to do. And I just knew I felt released to do something. And, um, Jesus is so sweet. Like he's just so present and he's so kind and it's scary because when you take a step of faith, you have no idea what's coming next. But, Mm. um, I just have come to learn really deeply. Like he is always with me. I literally have never walked alone for one second. Mm. Um, and that's sort of what's carried me through. Mm. Thanks so much for sharing that, Eliza. And um, I really appreciated what you said about choosing healing, like choosing to step mm. into the light. Mm-hmm. And it's something, I mean, people have different experiences and whatnot, but it is a decision that we need to make. Um, yeah. And it's not just a one-time thing. No. <laughs> no. At all. At no. all. And um I would love, mm. I would love to hear. Yeah, like I think it's been a common theme throughout our conversation that seasons of hardship lead us into deeper relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, I would just love to hear a little bit further of how you have seen that to be true in your life. Like how, yeah, like knowing him just like, uh, yeah, just like n- having knowledge about him versus knowing him are yes. different things. So how has that played out in your life through hard things? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Jen, that there is something about like knowing him. It's like, oh, I know scripture or I know about him or I know that I'm supposed to do these things. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's different when it becomes, yeah, like in your heart. And it's like, oh, my gosh, like, no, no, I literally I don't feel (laughs) I don't feel like I can wake up every day without Jesus. Genuinely. I And I think that what was hard and cool is that the more that I've come to understand Jesus in my heart and like relationally, like inviting him into every aspect of my life, not just having this Sunday morning faith, but like literally, okay, I want you to be with me when I'm cooking. I want you to be with me when I'm like driving to work, like inviting him into every single part. Um, There's this thing that I think at least I have had to do is to admit and begin to understand my limits. Mm. And like understanding like, oh, I actually have a lot of weakness. I actually have a lot of sin. And I do not, I mean, I knew that, air quotes, knew that. Like you grow up and you're like, yeah, I have sin. But (laughs) I was like, well, I don't really do anything that bad. And then it's like, oh, Jesus is like, oh, we are going to get to the bottom. (laughs) There's like so much inside of my heart. Like I have so much darkness. I have so many things that I have to work through. And that's okay, but it's so important to be able to like, again, like when you step into the light, there's – light exposes. And that is scary because it means that what you felt was hidden from God is no longer going to be hidden. The thing is, is that Psalm 139 talks about how like God already knows everything anyway. So me trying to hide something from him was, was only hurting me. He already knew everything that was going on, but how kind Jesus is, is that he doesn't rip us into the light. He doesn't force us into all of this stuff. He just is waiting for us to turn to him and step out. And then he meets us so gently and tenderly and kindly and is like, okay, let's look at all of these hard pieces together. Um, And so I think for me, yeah, just knowledge becoming like really, really knowing him has been having to admit 
I have so many limits. I am weak. And the really beautiful thing is my, I have been seeing a spiritual director this year, which has been really cool. She always reminds me like, Eliza, in your relationship with Jesus, you are not the strong one. (laughs) Jesus is the strong one. Mm -hmm. And so that has been huge for me because it almost like Jesus talks about that his burden is light. Sometimes I don't feel his burden is light because I have put so much on myself. Mm -hmm. And so when I understand like, oh, I'm not the strong one, it's like the burden is light because all I have to focus on is bringing everything to you. Like it's about like you are the one person that knows everything about me. You are the one person who can meet all of my needs. That's what I focus on, not trying to do it by myself. Whoever's listening to this right now, just pause, back her up a couple minutes and re-listen to what Eliza just (laughs) said there because it's so good. Mm -hmm. I think as you're talking, I'm like, oh, Jen, (laughs) Ainsley and I are going to be, I mean, when this is released, we probably have already started the Aero Leadership Program, which we're really excited about. Mm -hmm. But part of that is doing a deep dive into you. And that whole which is like thinking about it now for me, anyways. It's like I don't know in the movies where there's like a huge wave coming and people aren't running Mm -hmm. to get out of the way. I'm like, just run. But Mm -hmm. I just feel kind of frozen. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be a big thing, and it's gonna be a Mm -hmm. good thing. But mm-hmm. the way that, yeah, just God's kindness and all of that. Oh, yes. I just say, thank you so much for saying that because I needed mm-hmm. to hear that today. And it's an ongoing oh. thing. Like we don't need oh, to figure absolutely. it out right now in our life. We actually have our whole life to, yeah, for Jesus to work in our life and for to bring healing and make us born to his image and all those things. So absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I'm just welcome. getting pumped up here. <laughs> <laughs> You've learned how to set Jen off. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some really great points there. And I think even too of you saying, you know, you talked about that, like, you know, I don't do anything that bad. Like, I think that that is like, mm-hmm. probably a really dangerous trap for a lot of like, yeah. especially people that are like more of like the rule following type, like you just do the oh, right totally. thing. And it's just like, you know, it's so easy to be like, well, like I didn't, I didn't say anything super rude last week or, you know, like, you know, whatever it is yeah, or, totally. you know, do these like really horrible things. And so it's just like examine mm-hmm. the actual like nature of my heart and know mm-hmm. those yes. things, which is harder, I think. Um, it is harder. But I think when we pray, like, yeah, like Psalm 139, like search me and know me. Mm-hmm. See if there's, is there anything offensive in me, Jesus? Most of the time when I read that Psalm, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Honestly, you do not need to search me and know me. I will be thankful that you made me wonderfully and fearfully made. I will be thankful that I cannot escape your spirit. Do I want to actually invite you to search me and know me and see if there's anything offensive in me? No, I really <laughs> don't. <laughs> but I think when we get really honest, it's like, no, if, if, if Jesus is like, if he is literally the person that I want my whole life to be around, every decision I make, every thought that I have, then I want to have an understanding of if I have offended him. And like, you're right, Ainsley, most of the time, I don't think I, I know. And so um, I don't know if you guys do the prayer of examine at night. But when, if you practice the prayer of examine, which I, you know, I hit and miss for me, sometimes at 10 PM comes, I'm just so tired, but at nighttime, it's a really good practice to look over your day and to ask God, where did I see you? And also where did I, where did I fail? And then, and then it's not about like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst. It's like, wow. Okay. I failed. Jesus, give me a heart of repentance. I do not want to feel this way. I do not want to make you sad. And then knowing he forgives us and tomorrow is a fresh new day. Mm -hmm. So that has been helpful for me. Mm. Yeah. 
Wow, that's that's really good. Are you a Lexio 365 follower? Love it. Yeah. Love we it. do too. <laughs> We're like, I feel like I need to back up and say I actually want to go out for dinner with Pete Greg. That would be my person. He's so Can like I the come? Best. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Just a whole 24-7 prayer team. They're oh, amazing. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. So good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a sidetrack. We just always look for an opportunity to promote 24-7 <laughs> prayer. So any any opportunity, we'll just like snatch it up and take it. <laughs> a helpful tool, not the be-all, end-all thing, but mm-hmm. it is good. Yeah. Very helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so this season, we've been talking about uh, remembering and reflecting. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard the song, Just As Good. It's with Chris Renzima and um, Ellie mm-hmm. Holcomb. And they talk in like the bridge about, you know, um, I will, I'll build an altar and I'll stack it stone by stone because every Ebenezer says I've never been alone. And that was sort of mm. our picture for this of just like stacking those things of like, you know, when I look back and I remember, here's like the rock that I'll put down of like, you did this for me, God, like you did this. And, mm. you know, you know, in the Bible, they would do this and they'd be like, and so this was the place called and it would be whatever the Lord had just done yeah. for them and like naming those places as a mm. monument to remember as forgetful people, what God did. Mm. Um, so in that kind of idea of remembering and reflecting, how do you kind of practice that in your own life? Oh my gosh. I love this so much because I am so forgetful. Um, something I started a couple of years ago was <clears throat> I literally created a book of remembrance. I wrote it. I wrote in the beginning, book of remembrance. And then the next page I wrote, remember what God has done in your life. Mm. (laughs) And every um, page I just wrote down um, dreams people have had, words, prophetic words they've spoken over me, um, answered prayers, things I have prayed for, for my friends' lives. Like my one friend, she had four miscarriages Mm. and I wrote down this time when she told me she was pregnant and um, she had a baby. And I got, and I wrote that story down because I want to remember. No, 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 no. God does this. And there, then there's really little things of like, Hey, this person texted me and said, God wants me to remind you that he sees you today. And it was like, oh my gosh, God sees me today. And so I have like page after page after page after page of ways that God has shown up in my life. And the thing is, is that if I don't write them down, I genuinely will forget. Mm-hmm. Like I think that in the moment I think, wow, this is so amazing. And 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 then a year later, I'm in despair of like, how am I going to fundraise my salary? This is so hard. <laughs> and, I, and then God's like, look back, mm-hmm. look back at what I have done for you, Eliza. And so, yes, I even, I did this a couple of weeks ago because I was feeling really discouraged about something in my life. And I just felt Jesus say like, okay, look back, look at what people have, look at the words that I've said over you, look at the dreams people have had. And it was such a faith bolster. Now I would say that I think sometimes I can rely really heavily on this book and less on scripture. Mm. Something I'm really needing to work on is like, this book is so sweet and beautiful and personal to me, but I also know that I, like, the, the story of scripture is our story too. Like we can actually look back and we can, we can say, look what you have done in scripture. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Both of those things are really important to me. Mm-hmm. That's a really good practice. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Hmm. Maybe even it's like a game changer. It truly yeah. is. You should do yeah. it. I should get I, back. I have like a little, I don't even know. I like went to this store that this lady from my church bought and she was like, oh, and do you want this little notebook? She was into like chalk painting. So she'd like done up mm-hmm. this whole like little cover of this book. And it's like, 
this like little thing and it's made out of craft paper. But I was like, what do I do with this thing? It's like so tiny. It's like what old people carry, like little pocketbooks is like the size of it. So I was like, I like had no idea what to do with it, but it was so beautiful. And like, she just gave it to me. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll use it. Um, and I started doing that, but I honestly, I probably haven't written in it for years, but I think I should, this is a good reminder to open it back up and go A, take a look and B, start putting some more stuff in there. And I think because that uh, sometimes I'll forget to like write important things. So sometimes I'll go back and be like, God, can you like recall things that have happened? And so he'll remind me of like, oh, yeah, in 2016, this happened. And it's like, oh, I didn't remember that. But I think Holy Spirit <laughs> sometimes will be like, yeah, write that down. Mm. What I did because I aesthetics are very important to me. I like went to Indigo. I like found like <laughs> I'm going to find a very beautiful leather notebook. And so because it's beautiful, it makes me want to cherish it more, mm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just helpful for me. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. mm, that's really cool. What I'm really curious to hear your, your answer to this because, again, it's been thr- sprinkled throughout our conversation here. But what do you treasure the most about God? Oh, my goodness. I really, uh, I think that one of the things that I've just come to love so much is his tenderness and intimacy with me. And like how he is one of the things that I feel like God has been reminding me of is the words like personally acquainted, like he's personally acquainted with me. And I've thought about how, you know, when you like know someone really well, you know, like how they take their coffee or their favorite color or like what their like deepest dream is. Jesus knows all of that about that about me. And, and I'm going to tell you guys a story quickly just because I love stories. Um, okay. So when I was in, I was in uh, London, England in 2018, this was literally the summer before our friend Tat died. So it was a crazy kind of year, but I was on college internship there. And um, when I, I had to pay my way to go there. So it, I had to like really figure out finances, how I was going to make it, but it, it all kind of just worked out. And so I really felt strongly like God wanted me to go for a reason. So I went and about two weeks into it, it was an eight week internship and two weeks into it. I'm like, I don't understand why God has me here. Like the internship is great, but I really felt strong. Like there was a deep spiritual reason for me to be there. Sometimes I over spiritualize stuff. I will admit. But, um, so I was like, Oh, I want like a revelation about my future. Like this is who you're going to marry. Or like, I don't know. Like I wanted like something really big. And so uh, the night before my 24th birthday, I went to a church and um, I stood in this church and I just started praying. And I said, Jesus, like, why did you bring me here? Like, can you just tell me why you bring me here, why you brought me here? And you, ha- you guys have to know that one of the things about me, I had always thought, and I had never told anybody this, I had always thought that the most romantic gesture someone could give would be to like fly to the other side of the world and like tell them that they love them. That was just in my head. I thought that'd be so beautiful. And like, I love grand gestures. And I, I'm just standing in this church asking Jesus, like, why did you bring me here? And just, I hear the Holy Spirit just drop immediately into my heart. I brought you here to tell you that I love you. And it literally was this, it, just the most intimate personal thing that I had ever experienced in my entire life, because that had been this really silly little dream that I always thought was really romantic and beautiful. And I had never told anybody, but God knew. And I'd never told God, but God knew. And God loved me enough to like, I'm going to get you to go to England specifically so I could affirm my love for you. And so when you, we talk about treasuring what we love most about Jesus, like he is just so tender and personal and he just knows us so well. And I think that can be scary because it's scary to be known Mm -hmm. and intimacy is scary. 
scary. Um, but when we allow ourselves to be known by him, like it is wild, the things that he will tell you, the ways that he will affirm his love for you. Yeah. I just, there's a thousand things I love about Jesus, but that's his tenderness is probably in my top 10. (laughs) Mm -hmm. For those of us who are listening to this right now, who really wrestle with that, like who really wrestle with, okay, like, yep, I believe in Jesus. I know a lot about him. I want to know him more intimately, Mm -hmm. like the way that you described. How would you encourage people or where would you encourage people to start? I think you start with prayer. Mm. I think that, um, yes, I think prayer because prayer feels scary and it feels like, oh my gosh, I need to like say certain things. But one of the things that I have been really thinking about lately, and Brother Lawrence talks about this in his tiny little book, The Practice of the Presence of God, um, that prayer actually can just become a way that you live. Mm. And so what he means by that is that you're just inviting Jesus into every aspect of your life, not in a way where it's like, I need to be chanting scripture throughout my day, but it's like, okay, Jesus, I'm just going to actively be inviting you into this. Um, And I think something really special happens when we do that. And it's hard. Like we get really distracted. I get really distracted. I shouldn't talk about everybody else. I am like, well, I get so distracted by things. So it's like reteaching your brain and and getting into this habit of, no, wherever I go, the Spirit of God goes with me. Mm -hmm. And so to remind ourselves of that. And so I would encourage people to pray. And, and, okay, one of the things that um, I have been thinking about, guys, I think about things a lot. So I'm like, one of the things, this is another thing, this is another thing. This is another thing that I've been thinking about, this phrase. I actually just the other day, like, randomly wrote my niece a kid's book about this because I just think it's so beautiful. And this is what my little kid's book is about, that feelings are a portal to prayer. Feelings are a portal to prayer. Whatever you are feeling, if Mm. it is bitterness, if it is resentment, if it is anger, if it is fear, if it is joy, if it is exuberance, whatever you are feeling, it's actually an invitation from Jesus to talk to him about it. And I think, especially when you grow up in a Christian home and you you think like, I need to be good and I need to be right and I need to be holy and all these things, which is true. God calls us to live a life of holiness. He also calls us to live a life of intimacy with him. And so I think we get to holiness when we bring all of our stuff to Jesus and we work it out with him. So if you are wanting to experience more intimacy with Jesus, I would say bring every single thing to him because he's not scared of any of it. Mm. As we like to say, hard but good. (laughs) So hard. Yeah. So hard. Yeah. I think that's the surprising thing that I find about God is that in real life to be known is like to be seen of all the things that we are not good at. But, you know, with Jesus to be known is to be loved. Like Mm. in those terrible parts of us of just like, like you said, like I don't have to tell him. He already knows. And yet when I allow him to do that, then he can actually see into those pieces where we're so, yeah, again, protecting Mm -hmm. ourselves from, from being rejected. And yet we follow a God who doesn't reject us. Yes. And you know what, something that I, um, when I was thinking about, like to go back to that concrete metaphor of Jesus kind of jackhammering my heart to make it soft, I I felt like, okay, but where's my protection? Like, Mm. this is my protection. This was my thing of me being able to not be hurt or rejected or whatever you just talked about, Ainsley. And I felt like God was like, oh, but I actually have, I have a suit of armor for you. Like Ephesians talks about like, oh, we actually have the armor of God. And so it's not that Jesus is leaving you high and dry, 
like, you need to now, like, I'm going to like get rid of your defense system. And now you're just super vulnerable and like out there. It's like, no, 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 no. God actually wants us to trade our crappy defense system for his protection Mm. because Jesus gives us like all of those things in the armor of God. And so one of the things I've been practicing daily is like, okay, Jesus, I am going to be putting on the armor of God this morning. I am going to be actually putting on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to actually be taking up the helmet of salvation. Like I'm going to be putting this on because I, it is vulnerable to have a soft heart, but I am not defenseless. And so that's the other thing, like to know, like when we are experiencing intimacy with Jesus, it can feel really vulnerable, but you're not actually defenseless. Um, yeah. I don't know if that helps. Yeah. No, it's, that's good. That's good. Um, so, I mean, we've been doing a lot of looking back and kind of saying, you know, what has God been doing and done in the past, but how would you say that God is forming you in this season? Mm. Well, I just, I'm, two weeks away from finishing up nine months of spiritual direction. And it was so cool. It was, you girls would love it. Cause it was about Ignatius. Mm-hmm. You guys, I feel like you, you like dead people. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> we like old dead writers. <laughs> we have that in common. Um, and so, uh, yeah, the two things that I feel like Jesus formed in me the last nine months was this idea of communion with him and community with others. So for mm-hmm. nine months I was doing this, um, yeah, nine months of prayer. It was about, it was so hard, like so hard. Let, let's not think that I'm good at this. It was about 45 minutes of prayer a day, which is way longer than I'm used to. Um, but when we say prayer, a lot of it's like, it's not like in just talking to Jesus. It's like thinking through, what does this mean for me? And, you know, it's just, again, this communion of sitting with him and inviting him into what you're thinking and feeling. So I did that for nine months. And then at the same time, I joined a young adults group at a local church, which guys don't tell anyone, but I've, I like this summer will be technically past the cutoff of young adults. I'm hoping that they don't notice. I now just go in there and I copy what the girls wear who are 20. And I'm like, if I wear what they wear, maybe people will think that I'm still super young. <laughs> we won't tell anyone. <laughs> no, I tell my um, But Jesus has been forming me through those two things, especially coming out of the pandemic. Just this idea like, right now, the two things I need most are time alone with Jesus and time with other people who love mm. him. Mm-hmm. Again, so good. Because, <laughs> yeah, I think especially out of the pandemic, like it's really, I think I surprised myself anyways with how easy it is to isolate and not just oh because we have yes. to, right? Not yes. just physically, but also like emotionally, spiritually, right? Like yes. we're really, really good at that. Um, oh, yeah. That's really yeah. cool. I'm going to have to look into that nine month study. That's so, again, yeah, hard but good. But yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm. So good. And and I think a lot of the things that we've even talked about today is because of that, mm. you know, everyday work. And it wasn't like I had, well, sometimes, but very rarely did I have like one day of revelation. It's like, oh my gosh, all of the pieces are clicking together. It was just over time. I think that's faithfulness. Faithfulness is. Eugene Peterson says, you know, following Jesus in faithfulness is a long obedience in the same direction. Mm -hmm. And I love the idea of that, that it's day in and day out of just following Jesus. And sometimes that's super boring. And I'm someone who gets down when things are boring. Mm -hmm. I like live for the highs. I'm like, I need an emotional experience. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes it's just boring. Sometimes when you pray, you don't feel anything. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just like, I got nothing from this. But you didn't get nothing from this because you offered yourself to Jesus again. Mm -hmm. And so I just think that, yeah, like 
just continue to be faithful in prayer, continue to follow him regardless of your feelings, because he's always doing something in you. Sometimes it just takes a while to connect the dots. Mm -hmm. It's like a prayer from 24 or Lectio 365 one day. They said, even when I don't, or yeah, even when I don't perceive it, God, you are still working. Mm -hmm. It's like, yes. yes. And regardless of the season and regardless of our emotions, Mm -hmm. we are being formed, whether we're intentional about it or not. Absolutely. Yes. One of the things that I was, um, I was looking back on like the things that God has shown me this year and I don't, I don't want, I don't know if I'm going to be able to remember this verbatim, but it was this idea of like, we are constantly being either formed or deformed. And so it was just this question I was asking myself, am I being formed in the character of Christ or am I being deformed into a caricature of him? Hmm. Because if I'm not being formed to look like Jesus, I'm going to be deformed to something that's not him. Hmm. And so kind of constant thing we have to think about Mm -hmm. that's so good dang eliza i think we could chat for hours which (laughs) sorry i keep talking (laughs) no 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 no. this is so good this is so good i'm just like hmm maybe we'll need to connect another time we can get some coffee yeah Yeah. i would love that let's do it um but our last question for today Mm. what is the best piece of advice you've been given Mm. oh my gosh I think it would be just recently like to remember that with Jesus, you are not the strong one. Like he is Mm. the strong one and that's okay. You don't have anything to prove to him. You can literally come to him exactly as you are. That's, that's what he wants. He wants you to come exactly as you are. And so some days for me, that's like really weak and tired and grumpy. Other days for me, that's like a little bit more positive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the good thing is, is that regardless of how I am bringing myself to Jesus, he is the strong one. Mm. Mm the final mic drop. Eliza, <laughs> thank you so much. This has been such a gift. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for sharing piece of pieces of your story that have been really, really challenging and really difficult. And mm-hmm. um, for sharing pieces of the things that God has taught you over the years. It's it's just so cool. Again, like Ainsley and I, we had a whole season of chatting with people from YFC. And so to be actual oh, cool. work friends and now mm-hmm. real friends, <laughs> really <laughs> thankful. Yeah, really thankful mm-hmm. for you and your faithfulness and the season that you're in right now. So thank you for what you do. You girls are the best. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for having us. Mm -hmm. For having us. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) Well, it feels like we're just hanging out. It's true. It's true. One last thing. Tell people how they can find you. Oh, you can just find me through Instagram at Eliza Latta. Also, you guys should follow Change Conference if I can do a quick plug. Yes. Follow yes. Change Conference at Change Conference. Are, yeah, probably by the time this airs, registration will be open and it's going to be so, so good this fall. Cool. Amazing. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We we have more amazing conversations like this coming up every single Monday and you won't miss them. So check back in every Monday, subscribe, follow on all the different podcast platforms. You can also find us on the socials. (laughs) Uh, Just friends on Instagram and Facebook. We post quotes, resources, fun content sometimes funny content reflections from episodes that kind of stuff so if you're on insta check it out until next time <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs>